What's up, guys? This is Tyree, and we are hosting our final episode of What You Want to Know. Uh, today, we'll be answering difficult questions that will help people uh, that help people that are struggling in Christian culture and the hopes of pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about who is your daddy? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I think my heart behind this podcast is I think a lot of people are in church. A lot of people are within the four walls of the church. A lot of people are even experiencing it in the presence of God himself, but they actually don't know who their father is. Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I guess a, a conversation I want to have with you guys is how does our relationship with our earthly parents affect our relationship with God? I can start. Um, <laughs> I think so for me I grew up I grew up in the church I grew up my dad's a pastor grew up in the church my whole life um, but my dad was really just a pastor and so did not was not a good dad was verbally physically abusive all the things and so for me when I was trying to walk my relationship out with the Lord I was really trying to heal from the things that I was really dealing with with my dad because it was hard for me to say God how am I supposed to follow a father that I don't even know what healthy parenting is and a healthy father looks like and so I was even with my relationship with with the Lord wrestling those out with him but also trying to wrestle out okay how do i trust you how do i love you how do i give you everything that when times are tough i can still trust you when times are tough because at when i was young and at a young age my relationship with the lord was looking kind of the same as my relationship with my father up until i started doing actual healing and so it it does affect that but as i got older as well i realized that the lord is not going to fail me as as my dad did and so as i think it's a maturity thing but also a healing process all at the same time yeah um i also grew up as a pastor's kid um but my have like a little bit of a different story um my parents like they loved each other and they loved um, me and my sisters they're so good to us and where things kind of like differ for me is when I was really young I I found myself like resisting their affection for me like whenever they would like try to give me mm-hmm. hugs or kisses or just like affirm me I would shut them off because I just felt like unworthy of their love and they didn't realize that They thought that it was just like, I'm getting older and, you know, I don't want to hear it, blah, blah, blah. So they didn't like force it on me. And as I look back, like over those years, what I was looking for is for their, for no matter what I said to them, that they would show me that love and affection, if that makes sense. And so as I like came, moved out of the house and came to college, I found it really hard for me to receive love and affection from God like whenever he would like try to like lavish it on me I would like just reject it and he like showed me that it was because as a young child I was like that with my parents and even though like my parents have only ever been good to me and they thought they were doing what was best for me at the time just like not wanting to force anything upon me like I was looking for them to like you know go against my stubbornness and like my teenage like hormones or whatever and like just love me anyway and that kind of just built this like this wall up in me towards God as well and um 
I don't know. It just it's really interesting how things work together, and you don't even realize it until you're much older. Mm-hmm. And um, but one thought on this is like whenever my dad is like um, dedicating a baby, um, like on stage, he'll like tell the parents that like um, you're the first Jesus that your child is ever gonna meet. Like your child meets you before they meet Jesus. So like be very careful about how you love them and how you care for them because it really does affect how they view the Lord. Yeah. 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 So my family life was crazy. Uh, my parents uh, were in a really abusive relation, relation, marriage. And so their marriage was very abusive on both sides, whether it was mental, physical, verbal, whatever it may be. So really, like, I'm realizing that me and my siblings, like, we only trusted each other. We didn't trust my parents. We still don't to this day half the time. And so um, I um, just know that a lot of the times when the Lord puts a promise or the Lord tells me something and he's like, just trust me, I have a hard time doing that because I've all I don't trust my parents. Like I don't like they'll say something <laughs> like even to this day they'll say something I'm like mm, sure like sure you will and so and I I've seen that I like another thing is like our parents and the way that we we're raised uh, also bleeds into like our relationship with God but then like now that I'm married it bleeds into your yeah. marriage so your parents and like what they uh, reflect but also what they teach you is going to reflect in your whole entire life Mm -hmm. because I have a hard time trusting people. Like, I don't trust a lot of people. I don't have a lot of friends. And so, but I've seen it majorly in my relationship with God, especially now when he's, like, given us a promise and it's not lining up the way that we thought it would. So now we're, like, scrambling. And then the Lord's just like, no, like, keep trusting me. Mm -hmm. Keep like, I promise you this, I'm going to deliver it. Like, my promises are yes and amen, and it's and it's that. And so I think that for my relation with my parents, it's really hurt the trust that I have, yeah. like, towards people and God. That's so good. Yeah, I appreciate y'all answering those questions. And I'm actually going to shift uh, a little bit. I feel a little shift in my spirit. If you guys <laughs> so... It's actually funny I'm about to say this because I wasn't planning on saying this at all. And I might end up coming to this passage of scripture if I have time. But I don't think so. But I think the reason why I want to uh, talk about this is because I think a lot of times, not, not a lot of times, all the time, 99% of the time in Christian culture and in our walk with God, our experience. Like, we limit God to our experiences. Does this make sense? And it kind of goes back to episode one, I think, with putting God in this box. And that box is our life, it's our friendships, it's our families, and it's our life experiences. Mm -hmm. And we, based off that box that we've created for God, and like I said, God will never be confined to a box. He is the great I am. He is eternal. He is Yahweh. He is Elohim. But I think we have to understand that those things affect us on a daily basis. I feel like many people aren't self-aware of those things. I think this is why it's so important for us to have this conversation. And something even last night during chapel, uh, the Lord was ministering this to me. And he was saying that the reason why people don't see the manifestation of my promises in their life is because they are Mm double-minded. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't think y'all caught it. No, no, what the Lord said this to me. I was like, oh, this is too good. We are double-minded in our thinking. Yeah. We are double-minded in how we perceive God. What does the Bible say in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews eleven six? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a warrior of them that diligently seek him. And in James 1, it talks about those who are double-minded won't receive anything from God. So my question for you guys is how do you guys feel like your mindset has been double-minded of how you personally perceive God in this season of your life? Um, For me, I have always struggled believing like, I've always known that God is good, but I always believed that I was the one exception to his goodness, that he could show it to everyone else, but not me. And that was something that he uh, showed me last semester. And I've kind of been on this journey to where, like, I've just been praying every day, like, God, don't, like, don't let me put you in this box. Like, don't be who I think you are, because I don't think you're going to be good to me. Be who you actually are. And because I was living, like, I believe in the goodness of God, but I don't believe it for me. I never see it for me because I'm not expecting to see it because I believe it's not there. And so he had to kind of just, like, you know, knock down that wall of belief, of disbelief in his goodness um, because it was all rooted in feeling, like, unworthy. And so that's, like, I can see where you're coming with a double-mindedness, like, it's double-minded to say that God is good, but he's not for me. Like, that's a two-sided statement, and that can't exist. Like, God is, he is, like, he's not changing. So he can't be one thing for another person and not also be it for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's how I've seen it in my life recently. Repeat. Can you repeat the question again? Yeah, so how how do how does being double-minded in our thinking, like, cause you to perceive God? Yeah, I think when I like so when I before I got to Southeastern, I was I knew I was I knew I was called t- to ministry, but I was like, God, you can use everybody else, but you can't use me, dog. Like yeah, <laughs> you can't so you can't like you can yeah. use everybody and all their mess, you can use everybody else, but God, you cannot use me. And so knowing that like God can use anybody, but I think just what like Grace was saying, like, God, you are not gonna use me, bro. Like you, I am all of these different things. Like there's someone more qualified. Like you start, I started saying all these different things. And so I really started wrestling and like, God, like if you, if you want to use me, you need to show me that you can use me and do, and do something like you need to, you need to help me out in believing this. Um, And so just really walking that out and being even vulnerable with the Lord and and allowing God to refine and prune and and take out the things that were making me feel that way. Mm -hmm. But now four years on the other side, like, man, we're we're in youth ministry. Like we're loving. We love ministry. And I'm like, God, like you can use me like there's like there's something in me that you have put inside of me. And like there's I, I can be used by you but it, it was a process of like god yeah. you sure you got me you sure you sure i'm your guy yeah i feel like wrestling was the perfect term yeah like you really do have to wrestle with it yes yeah. um it's hard for me because i don't like talking about things like this <laughs> um, but 
<laughs> I, um, I, since I was 11 years old, have faced depression and, uh, well, until I was 18. And um, there was a journey where there was, like, I, like, thought it would be better to go to heaven than to stay on earth and stuff like that. And so I, like, just literally, like, it was him saying, like, hey, like, I'm here. I'm going to walk with you every single day. And during that journey, like, he has, like, he literally, like, made me who I am today. Like, if I always tell everybody, I'm like, if I didn't have God, I'd be dead. If I didn't have God, I'd be on drugs. If I didn't have God, like, there would be a lot of problems, like, with me that I see in my family. And so it's like, if I didn't have him, then there would be no walking. um, And there would be no, like, where I am today. But at the same time, like, because of those um, situations that I was put in, it has hurt the trust. And so sometimes it takes me, in certain situations, it takes me longer to trust him, um, especially with the impossible. When mm-hmm. when the Lord says, hey, you're going to be financially okay and my bank account has two cents in it, it's yeah. like, excuse me, but what? Like, I got I to gotta eat gas. Like, stuff like that. But then, like, the Lord provides, like, yeah. literally. And, yeah. and he continue and... I love it because um, when I was, I think I was 16, he told me, he was like, I'm never going to stop like showing you my, my, my um, grace mm-hmm. and my love and my power, even if you doubt me, like I'm never going to stop. Like it may take you longer to see it, but I'm never going to stop like doing that. And so I think genuinely where my double minded comes from is that, is that trust. But I also seen it. Um, I also saw it be like more affected because of, family and the mistrust that I had with family and how I was taught that family is like your like number one but then it was like but I can't even trust the family so it was like that's where I think me and God struggle a lot um is like our mistrust and then also I relate with Barry and Grace of not feeling worthy enough to be given be like provided for be in the situation I am have a house, have a husband, like all these things. Like I always tell everybody, I'm like, it ain't me. Like I didn't do this. Like right. I swear, like I did not do this. This is all God. So, but yeah. That's so good. And I know you're about to be over time, but honestly, at this point, I don't care because uh, this is good. I actually do have like two more things I actually want us to leave, leave us with because, yeah, I'm gonna go there. I don't see. I'm comfortable. I don't care. But <laughs> but I think the cure to duplicity is coming back to simplicity. Mm-hmm. And I think simplicity for us as believers looks like being like a child again. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus says, uh, uh, hey, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you have to be like a child. Mm-hmm. And I think as a child, like you're stress-free. You are just living the time of your life, you know? And you're not you're not consumed by fear, doubt, and anxiety because you've been literally trained, like, hey, when I cry, when I do these things, I know that my parent, my family is going to come in my time of need, you know? So I think, and it's also understanding that if I'm a son, I'm a child, that my father desires to talk to me. But I want to close with this. Um, it's going to be super, super quick. And it's Luke 15. And we have the story of two sons. And uh, it's so interesting because you have two sons under the same house of the same father, but they both perceive the father differently. Yeah. 
And I want to focus on the older son for like two seconds because I think this is so good. I think it adds so much value to the conversation. This is Luke 15, uh, verse 29. It says, but he replied. So to give you context, basically, the younger son came back home and his father threw a party for him. And the older brother, he is furious. He is jealous. And then he says this in verse 29. But he replied to his father, look, have I not been slaving for you all these years? I never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a goat sad that I could celebrate with my friends. And then the father responds in verse 31. He says, son, he said to him, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. So I think the main point of this conversation, is I want I want to lead everything we said to lead us to the point that everything that the father has is ours. Yeah, yeah. And I think as believers, not even as believers, as sons and daughters of God, we live at a lower standard that God has called that God has called us to because we don't recognize what we have access to. Yeah. You know? So with that being said, um, thank you guys for tuning in on what you want to know. Uh, it's been real. It's been so fun. Thank you guys for uh, this love and support, and we hope uh, to see you guys soon.